Well, welcome everybody. We are glad that you are back with us tonight. I need uh, helpers to hand these out. Maybe a couple of people are willing. So uh, this whole month, partly because we were planning to give gifts of a variety of kinds, Jeremy and I uh, said, let's focus on that on Sunday night. Let's talk about generosity. If you go through the Bible, you find passage after passage after passage that just assumes God, God's people, the more they realize they're God's people, will grow in generosity. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. I don't know what your prayer life is like, but when I... When I actually analyze the stuff I pray for, I am mostly praying for God to do things for me. God the creator, with all the power, please could I have help? Please could I have help in my job? Please could you uh, protect my loved ones? These are all great things to pray about. I'm not, I'm not sad that I talk to God about those things, nor do I think I should stop, but it's interesting the very dynamic of saying, God, I'm asking you to do something for me, and realizing God is a generous God who again and again and again gives us what we need, that's the dynamic that drives the generosity of God's people. That's uh, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He says this, verse 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, you, they have scattered freely their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now the one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's what Paul says as he's wrapping up this fundraising letter of 2 Corinthians. He had to deal with some problems, church problems, as he often did with the Corinthian church. But it's a fundraising letter. You guys promised a year ago you would help with the famine relief for Jerusalem. I bragged about you to the other churches. And now it's time for you to actually do what you said you would. And so here's the way I think you should do it. But he, but he hinges it on this idea that it's God who's given you the food you're eating, the, the house you're living in, the clothes that are on your back. You know these things. The more you believe in God, the more you believe that's true. And so part of being a uh, mature follower of God, Old Testament and New Testament, is to realize if God's generous to me, then I'm going to be generous uh, back to those people around me. Okay, with that in mind... I prepared a three-part, uh, it's not exactly a responsive reading. I'm hoping if it works out right, it's going to be what they used to call an antiphonal reading. So we're going to have one half of the congregation read the bold, this side over here. Your part's the bold writing. 
And we're going to have one half of the congregation. More than one half is over here, but that's all right. You guys are the best. So uh, the other half of the congregation over here is going to read the not bold writing. And we're going to talk to each other with the words of Scripture about uh, the generosity that God asks his people to have. I've taken something from the law, the Old Testament law. I've taken something from the prophets, and I've taken something from our New Testament as well to help us meditate on this particular grace of generosity that God wants to build in his people. So, let's see how this works. Antiphonal reading. You guys are doing the bold. You guys are doing the not bold. You ready? I'm probably going to read a little of both. Uh, Okay. Here, if anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tart-fisted towards them. Rather, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, The Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. This is not the kind of fasting I have chosen. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also weep sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously.
thank you. That actually worked really well. You guys did a fine job. I appreciate that. Uh, there are many other passages we could have chosen. I mainly was trying to keep it all on one page, so uh, that's, where, that's why we stopped right there. I hope you get the picture. The Law of Moses, the prophets, the New Testament as well teaches us this same discipline of giving what we have so freely received. Finding ways to give. Um, sometimes... Uh, in my job and actually in, in public media as well, we hear this message that, you know, Christ came, but what did he really change? You know, what, what difference did Jesus really make? There's still wars, there's still famines, there's still difficulties of various kinds on the world. What difference did Jesus Christ make? There are a bunch of ways to answer that, but I just want you to meditate on this one. When I was in Africa, I saw several hospitals. Every one of them was a hospital that was built by some Christian group. I bet if we raised hands, when was the, what was the last hospital you went to? The top three contenders would be St. Anthony's, Mercy, or Integris, which those of us who are old-time Oklahoma City people know as Baptist. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's not unique to Oklahoma City. In case after case after case, when hospitals get built, again and again, it's not that nobody else builds hospitals. Christians just build a lot of them. Same thing is true for children's homes and old folks' homes and varieties of other instruments of charity so yeah the world still needs the second coming of Christ we are still longing for Jesus to finally come back but don't tell me Jesus made no difference at all because Jesus gave himself for you and me Christians have historically been a generous people and this is one of the most powerful ways that we testify to people that Jesus really is Lord. You notice that that's kind of where Paul ends this little passage. He says, if you guys will be generous with this famine relief, then through us, other people will offer thanksgiving to God. I just think that's a great, that's a great image for how Christian generosity multiplies its effect. When we are generous to give to mission work, when we are generous to give to the poor, around in our community and elsewhere when we find ways to be generous secretly to one another or overtly to one another this is generosity that causes people to say thank you to us sometimes but it also causes people to say thank you to god and so it's a powerful powerful way for us to testify to who we believe god is and who we believe jesus is if you need to respond to the invitation that God keeps offering as he stands at the door of, of your heart and mine asking to be let in so he can eat with us. Many have in this room have welcomed him in. I hope all of you have. But if you've not, or if there's a problem between you and Jesus, if you need prayers, if you need help, or if there's something that the congregation can do for you, or if tonight, as we saw Mason do this morning, you want to take Jesus as your Lord and Savior in baptism. If you want to take one of those steps, then we invite you to come 
as we stand and as we sing.